0: minimalists. <laughs> well, hello, patrons. Thank you so much for being here. This is Ask the Minimalists Anything, number 18. We used to call these live streams, but I'm not—I'm technically not live right now. Uh, we wanted to improve the quality, and so we're filming these on uh, the Canon with Jordan No More behind the, uh, the camera here. Uh, Ryan is not with me because he broke his back. As you can see, we have replaced him with an empty chair and it's doing, well, a slightly better job than he does. So that's pretty good. But I've got some questions from you. You sent in your questions. You upvoted the most popular questions. And I'm gonna do my best to answer all of these for you in a short period of time, but also give you thorough answers. Thank you for submitting your questions and upvoting them. And of course, next month, next week, really, we're going to be changing our format, as you know. And uh, man, I'm crazy excited about this because Ryan and I, for you patrons, we're going to start having some really loose conversations and we're going to have some arguments, I'm sure. But like, they're the arguments that Ryan and I would have. They're not even arguments so much as they are disagreements. So we're able to disagree and well, I wanna do it in front of this, this small audience that we, we have on, on Patreon, work out some ideas and I wanna be wrong sometimes and I wanna be proven wrong. And man, I'm, I'm excited about doing that with you all. So thank you for being here. And let's go ahead and dive into this. Vanessa asks, my partner and I embrace the minimalist lifestyle together, but I've come to a crossroads with our current living arrangements. We are financially stable, both employed, and have very healthy savings for our retirement. They're retiring within five years. Our current condo is perfect for location and neighbors, but is old, quote, shabby chic, and the things I would like, the more light and higher ceilings, cannot be updated. That's true. My partner thinks we are best to stay and then have the money to spend months abroad. I differ. I'm looking for suggestions on how to move forward. No pun intended. Uh, Vanessa, uh, the way that you're going to move forward is, and, and this is not gonna be an answer that you may like, and he uh, or she may not like it either. Um, wait, dude, he, she said he, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I think you and your partner are are in a spot right now where you're going to have to compromise. You might have to do both. Now, here's the thing. Can you be grateful for the place that you're in right now? My guess is yes. There was probably a time where you moved in there and you were like, wow, this, was, this, this is all I could ever hope for. And then, of course, the human condition kick, kicks in. And the human condition is to always want more, 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 more. And in time, the thing that once was the source of joy and contentment and gratitude for us becomes the source of discontent. And that's where you are right now. So the thing I'm going to encourage you to do, Vanessa, is you have to f- find a place from which you can be grat- uh, grateful for what you, where, your current situation. And it's not just the place that you're living in. It happens to be that, wow, I'm grateful I'm five years from retirement. How awesome is that? Congratulations. You've built up a healthy and stable retirement savings. Congratulations. That is amazing. And I'm proud of you for doing that. You should both be able to sit back and say, wow, we've done a really good job. I want to thank my past self for making some really good decisions here. Now, my present self has to make some decisions for my future self. Where do I want to be five years from now when we, when we retire? Ten years from now, after we're five years retired, what is more valuable to us? Here's the us, not just the me. Because to you, the higher ceilings are more valuable than the trips. But maybe... Maybe there's a detente you can form between, okay, there are some trips I wanna take with my partner. But also, I want to live in a different space. How can we accomplish both and meet in the middle? That's an important question you're gonna sit down and ask yourselves, and in doing so, I think you'll come up with some answers that are not gonna be perfect answers, but you'll find out the most ideal situation for you. Congratulations for asking those difficult questions. Uh, Juan Pablo, is asking, hello, I'm a high school student. Bravo to you for being a high school student and asking some questions. I wish I was asking these questions in high school. I'm a high school student and I've recently been adopting minimalism. And I was wondering, how do I, uh, how do I let the people around me know that about my lifestyle without sounding judgmental? Also, I was wondering how to let my friends know it's okay if we go hang out at a mall or go shopping. Thank you so much. I think the best way for me to approach it early on was to not tell people that I'm a minimalist. The same way that you wouldn't go around just telling people I'm saving for retirement or or if you're an accountant, you don't say, "Hey, I'm an accountant." Sadly, one of the questions we often ask each other, the first question that we ask someone is, "What do you do?" I never answer that question today with, "I'm a minimalist." Instead, I tell people what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about writing. I'm passionate about doing these things. Not the noun of minimalist or accountant or high school student or you know, service worker, whatever it is. I tell people what I enjoy doing. So yes, if you enjoy spending time with your friends at the mall, that doesn't mean you have to buy anything while you're there. It's totally okay. As opposed to telling them I'm a minimalist, you show them through your actions. In fact, I remember with Ryan when... When I first became a minimalist, I never said, hey, look at me, I'm becoming a minimalist. You need to become a minimalist too because you own too much stuff. That is judgmental. In fact, me just saying, hey, look at me, I'm a minimalist, it comes off as feeling superior and it makes other people feel inferior because we all struggle with similar things. And in our culture, a lot of that has to do with consumption or consumerism, unintentional purchasing, right? And so we struggle with that. And maybe your friends are struggling with it as well, or maybe they don't even realize they're struggling with it. I think the better thing to to do is present that lifestyle to them. They come over and they notice your room is really tidy and they start asking questions. If they start asking questions, why, why don't you own that thing you used to own anymore? You used to have this dresser that you don't have anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah I don't have as many clothes anymore, so I didn't need that dresser. Oh, well, why is that? Why do you have fewer clothes these days? Oh, well, I I found out about this thing called minimalism. Let me show you this documentary. It opens up the window or the door for you to start talking about these things. You can share with people our documentary. You can share with them our, our podcast, the free version of the podcast. You can share with them what you've been doing personally. And more important much more important you share with them the benefits you've experienced. So what are those benefits for you? And then ask them how might your life be better with less. Tatiana asks, "What is your attitude for, for hair coloring and tattoos?" I like I like to color my hair with different colors and I'm thinking about doing tattoos, but I'm not sure if it is junk or if it is some experience that is worth it for me. Well, I can't say whether or not it's worth it for you. I um man bex has uh, my wife has this amazing sleeve tattoo on her left arm which she got relatively recently and you know, she's 36 years old and it's it's amazing i i, I don't know what else to say other than it's so amazing it's yeah um so yeah i guess the question ultimately is what is appropriate for you And if you feel like it's appropriate for you, great. I think it can be creative, it can be art, it can be expressive, it can be communicative. As long as you feel like you're doing it for you and you're not doing it because you feel compelled by others to do it. Alice asks, how do you let go of the need to be liked? Uh, And then she goes on to say, as an incredibly sensitive person who finds it difficult to be in the company of people I uh, I feel don't like me, I have happily curated a small friendship group of wonderfully uplifting people I deeply care about, and have made an effort to avoid people I'm not hundred percent endeared to. How do I overcome my issue of social situations with my husband's friends who I feel I wouldn't have chosen a friendship with, uh, if uh, who I feel I wouldn't have chosen a, a friendship with, or they wouldn't have chosen a friendship with me if it weren't for my connection with him? Yeah, I think that's true. They become your friends. You're the collective your so y'all's friends and, and and so they are your friends by proxy they're your friends because of him and as long as they're not extracting value from their lives if they're not if they're toxic relationships and you need to have a rela- you need to have a conversation with with your husband and say hey this is toxic for us but yeah there are certainly friends uh from becks that i wouldn't be hanging out with personally it doesn't mean i think they're bad or or evil people it just means that we probably wouldn't be connected if it weren't for my significant other and and her connection with those people and vice versa but the opposite is also true I know Bex has been exposed to a whole bunch of new people through me, whether it's Sean or Jordan or or Ryan, and and people in my life where it increases the, it amplifies, it enhances our our experience together. So if it's enhancing my life, it should, by definition, enhance hers because it enhances our life together. At the same time, I make sure not to bring in relationships that that would negatively affect our relationship or negatively affect her in any way. I put her as a top priority for me, my first priority. So the people I surround myself with need to need to conform to that. That said, I'm a lot like you, Alice. I don't I don't have a big friend circle. I'm a big introvert, and I appreciate a lot of alone time. And so I have a very curated uh, list of people. In fact, I would say. Bex probably has more friends than I do and sometimes she'll go spend time with them without me and that's okay. The key here with your relationship with your husband is having both of you on the same page, understanding your need to have maybe more alone time and that may even give him more time with his friends. It doesn't mean you dislike the people that he's around. It just means you want more time for yourself. Momo asks, as a creative, how do you continue working towards your goals when you see younger people in your field making work that you think is much better than yours, while also feeling simultaneously inspired by their work and feeling the pressure to make up for lost time. Yeah, I mean, I think lost time is is a bit of a myth because we all have the same 24 hours in a day today. And so whether someone's 10 years younger than you, 10 years older than you, today they have 24 hours to create something. This month you both have 31 days to create something. What are you going to do with those 31 days is the important thing to ask. If I would have become overwhelmed by that when we started The Minimalist, Ryan and I were 30 years old. There were plenty of minimalists who were 22 years old who were starting blogs and and blogging about it and had been blogging about it for two, three years If I was overwhelmed by that, then I may have never started. I may have never done anything meaningful. You have to think about what is your unique perspective that you're bringing to the table, and then also be supportive of those people. I think about Matt Diavella, who directed our documentary, and he's been doing some amazing stuff with YouTube, and that is is a platform that we don't create as much on as him, but also. It is a medium through which he really shines. He is just this Mozart of of filmmaking. And each week he's putting together these little eight-minute documentaries for his YouTube audience. They're amazing. And he's so talented. And I applaud him for that. And I want to do whatever I can to help amplify his message because ultimately I think the rising tide lifts all boats. If I was really eager to get credit for everything, then I'd be like, "Oh no, we need to suppress everyone who isn't the minimalist." No, every Friday on uh, Instagram, for example, we share other minimalists. We do a follow Friday. Hey, make sure you follow these other minimalists or these other people who are sharing about intentional living. We want to get more voices out there, younger, older, doesn't matter to me. So. Embrace Embrace those people as a community, and who knows, if you're bringing value to the table as well, you may be able to work with them someday. All right, uh, Ashley, our final question here. Ashley Dennis asks, I live with a very negative slash pessimistic family member. As an example, they will argue that if something is stupid to them, then they don't know why anyone else would want to do it even if they are not affecting anyone else. How can I minimize how I react with these types of conversations? Well, two things, uh, short-term, actually let's talk about long-term first. Long-term, you wanna probably live with, uh, without this person, uh, or if, if they're not willing to make a change in, in the way that they approach you with negativity. I know I even find it with me. Uh, I, I realize that if I'm complaining or being negative in a situation, then it's going to bring everyone else around me down. And that's just not a place that I want to be in. And in fact, I'll meet someone new. I was at a coffee shop the other day and it was really windy here in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting there waiting for my, or standing there at this like tabletop, waiting for my coffee to be delivered. And this guy just walks up next to me, he goes, man, I hate when it's this freaking windy outside, it sucks. <laughs> and I said, hi, it's nice to meet you, what's your name? <laughs> he just kind of looked at me and uh, I, I, I flipped it around. So the thing you can do in short term is find ways to flip it around every time and, and not even tackling the thing that they're talking about, not ignoring it necessarily, but showing them that you're stepping away from the negativity. If they don't take the hint that every time you do that, you're stepping away from negativity, just say, hey, you're bringing a lot of negative conversations in here. Uh, I've noticed that I'm trying in my life to avoid that kind of negativity. If we want to have a good discussion about something, I'm happy to do that, but I'm going to walk away from the negativity. I just want you to understand that it's not a criticism or judgment about you. It's just something with me in my own life that I want to avoid. I, I, I want to avoid filling my life and my thoughts my head with negativity because ultimately our mind dictates the actions that we take and if we're constantly thinking about negative things it's going to manifest in our bodies and in our actions and man quite often it will manifest in all these other negative ways debt and stuff and stress and anxiety and discontent and you want to avoid all that and you know what if you're living with someone else who cares about you they want you to avoid that as well. All right, y'all. We will see you next month. I want to say thanks if you're a Patreon supporter, and well, if you're watching this, you are, and I'm really grateful because we're about to do some really exciting things on Patreon. Ryan will be back really soon. He's he's healing his back, and it's going to take some uh, t- take some time. But we did some additional recording with uh, with Chris Hogan today, which uh, hopefully you're listening to that episode by the time this this comes out. He just wrote a book called Everyday Millionaires, and I was. I was really shocked by this because I, I often had this weird negative connotation about millionaires. But he he really breaks down how the the top three professions you know of millionaires. Uh, he he did a study of ten thousand millionaires by the way. The top three professions. Uh, one of them are teachers. Yeah, I don't think of teachers as as millionaires, right? But um, he just talks about becoming financially free, financially independent, getting out of debt. And having a good strategy to do that. What are the principles that you can live your life by so that you're giving more, you're contributing to your community and you feel freer so you're able to do what you want with your life. Showing up to work, getting to be there as opposed to having to be there because you're tethered to a paycheck. So you can check that out as well. We'll put a link to that in, in, uh, well, you can actually just find it, chrishogan360.com. All right, y'all. Patrons, thank you so much. We'll see you next month. (laughs) Minimalists. <laughs>